So tonight I want to look at Mark chapter 4, 21 to 25. And the title of this message is Shining This Little Light of Mine. But before we get to those verses, I want to go back a few verses for a moment to look at the parable of the sower. As that is where Jesus explains to his disciples the purpose of parables. And so let me read to you verses 11 and 12 of this fourth chapter of Mark. And you should see them on the screen. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. So that they may indeed see, but not perceive. And may indeed hear, but not understand. Lest they should turn and be forgiven. It sounds almost as if Jesus was saying that he taught in parables to obscure his meaning, to kind of shut some people out while bringing others into a privileged group or an in-crowd who understood the lingo. I remember when we were kids, there was nothing we would love more than to work out little codes to write to each other so that no one else could understand the messages. And it was especially fun to do in class. And I remember we loved invisible ink, if you remember that stuff. You'd write a note with, to someone, and it would look like a blank page until you held it up to the light. And you could read the secret message. And so is that what Jesus was doing? Is that what he meant when he said he taught in parables like this? No. It's not. Jesus was not trying to be secretive. If he were trying to be secretive, he would surely not have gone about ministry the way that he did. He would have gathered people in back rooms. He would have had secret handshakes. They would have had closed the doors to lock people out. But he didn't do any of that. And when you read the Gospel of Mark or any of the Gospels, you see he had a very public ministry. He preached to crowds in the thousands of people. And they were attracted to him by the things that he did and the things that he said. They came to him from all points of the compass because he would work spectacular healings and deliverances that were, that were signs to get their attention. And they were clearly supernatural things and they did garner a lot of attention. And the people loved to hear Jesus speak. And you remember if you know your scripture, that they said, this man speaks with an authority we have never heard before. And so clearly Jesus was not trying to be a secret, but he was in a sense a mystery, a mystery waiting to be investigated and understood by those who would come after him, his disciples, his followers, us. He was inviting people to open their hearts to receive and to understand him and what he had to say, and for them to then pursue the truth that he brought. But to anyone who didn't open their hearts, to anyone who would not receive his words, well, the things that he said just seemed to be an interesting storytelling they did not grasp. They could never grasp the full meaning behind them. And so what do we have here? Well, once again, Mark is showing us from Jesus' own words that there is a dividing line, a line of demarcation between, on the one hand, those who have ears to hear and are pressing in to know the truth of Jesus, and on the other hand, those who don't don't receive the truth 
And they have no real understanding. So then, so Jesus then is to some a riddle. And at the same time to others, he is a shining lamp. Which brings us to our reading tonight. And so let's start at Mark chapter 4, verse 21. He also said to them, is a lamp to be is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or a bed? Isn't it to be put on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed, and nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him listen. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use it, it will be measured to you, and more will be added to you. For whoever has, more will be given to him. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And so this is called the parable of the lamp. And when you read it, I think it seems quite straightforward. But I also think that, that a lot of people still don't really grasp its meaning and what Jesus was, was saying here. And so tonight, the first point I want to draw out of these verses is this. The light is for shining. Kind of makes sense. Mark 4.21, he also said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or a bed? Isn't it to be put on a lampstand? Where is a lamp positioned that is vitally, that it is vitally important? See, we take great care about the positioning of lights, even in a sanctuary like this. Some people nowadays, when they are building or renovating a home, they'll even bring in a lighting specialist to give them advice on where to put the lights. Because it's true today as it was true in the humble Jewish homes of 2,000 years ago, that lamps need to be placed where they will be most effective, where they will cast the most light, where they will not be blocked in any way, where they won't cast a shadow. And you have to put lamps in the right places. Jesus, in this parable, uses an extreme analogy. He said you would never have a lamp brought into a house and then place it underneath a basket. What would be the point of bringing in a lamp in only to obscure it like that? Really? It would be of no benefit. On the contrary, what do you do? Well, these days, we mount our light sources on the ceiling. Just look up. Or on racks or on tripods, depending on situations. We get them in just the right places. In Jesus' day, they would place household lamps on lampstands. And we're talking about these little clay lampstands, not much bigger than your hand, sorry, lamp pots, not much bigger than your hand, that they would fill with oil. They'd put a wick in it, and the amount of life that they would give off was extraordinary. They would then put those on a lampstand for the same reason, to position them to be the most effective so that the light would fill the room. Lights are for shining. That's Jesus' point here. And if you look at verse 22, it says, For there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed, and nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. How many of you have ever heard these words of Jesus before? And the preacher was using them to challenge you that one day we will all stand before God and every one of our sins will be put on display. 
For there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed, nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. All of our sins are going to be put on display like the screens behind me. Every secret thought, every wrong motivation will be shown for what it really was. Imagine everything you have done, every thought, every word will be on display and every good word and action and every evil, wrong and gossipy thing you've ever said and done, all of it will be shown. Well, people have preached like that from this verse. And the idea of final judgment and that we, that we must all give an account before God is a very real one. And it's something that we should take very seriously and live in the light of that day when we have to give an account to God, which means we should keep an eye on our words and our deeds, our thoughts. But that, I don't think, is what actually what Jesus was talking about here in Mark chapter 4. See, we've got to be careful, always got to be careful to read these things in their proper context. What was Jesus talking about? Well, he was talking about himself, wasn't he? Again, look at Mark 4, 22. For there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed and nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. The gospel truth that Jesus brought when he arrived, there were so many that did not receive him because he did not conform to their preconceived idea of God's promised Savior, the Messiah. And so they couldn't accept him or they wouldn't accept him. People today continue to reject Jesus for all kinds of reasons, or they don't think much of him at all, which amounts to the same thing as rejecting him. And so they don't come into the knowledge of God's truth, not having an open heart to receive the things of God's kingdom. And it just seems nonsense to them. It's just a story. It's just a fable. Strange ideas that don't have much bearing on their lives today because they haven't pressed in to know Jesus. But what Jesus was saying, that one day everything that people have dismissed and not pursued, everything that will remain, that remained hidden to them because they were not interested, it will suddenly be the most interesting, the most important thing in the world to them. And they will realize it was the truth all along. They'll see it in a brilliant, vivid color. And now it will all be too plain for them, but it'll be too late. That's his message here. One day there will be a day of revelation. And the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, that on that day, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every human being who has ever lived will get on their knees and bow before Jesus. Every tongue that ever cursed him will confess the truth that he is Lord of all. And it will all bring glory to God. And that's what the Bible says. Well, the dawning of his great light began 2,000 years ago, rejected as it was. The light did dawn in that little town of Bethlehem. And it burst out brilliantly as he began to minister there on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And it should have been the greatest moment for all the people of the world who had sat so long in darkness waiting. 
But how many of you know that when a light is turned on in a dark room, it is often a very uncomfortable experience for those who have been sitting there in the dark? People wince because their pupils are dilated and they become accustomed to the dark. You walk into the room and flick the light on and you will see them actually recoil because of the brightness. And so it was that Jesus was not welcomed by all. Everyone was blinking in a sense, trying to grasp what had happened, who had come among them and some went scurrying back to find their comfortable darkness. But the light is for shining and he had come and the world could never be the same. And so that's the first thing, that the light is for shining. Secondly, we can only shine the light to the, to the degree that we have received it. Mark 4, 23 and 24 says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him listen. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use it, it will be measured to you, and more will be added to you. And so first of all, Jesus gives a challenge. And the challenge is, listen. Listen to the words that I'm saying. Listen to the truth that I'm bringing. Be a hearer. That's the first thing challenging the people. Hear what I'm saying. But then the caution. And the caution is this. Be mindful. Not what you hear. And that doesn't really what capture what Jesus is saying. Not be careful what you hear, because that's not really what he's saying. Jesus has already established the truth and that he's referring to when he's talking here and what they're hearing about. He's referring to the truth that he himself brought and taught and the truth that he embodied because he is the truth. Jesus isn't saying line up all the different teachings, all the philosophies in the world and be careful about which ones you choose to listen to. He's saying, be careful how you hear what I'm telling you, what I've said, the truth that I've brought. Be careful how you listen to and receive that. Be mindful of how you hear Jesus. Now, according to the Bible, and Jesus himself stated this a number of times, the act of hearing God's word is not complete until there has been a response. Let me repeat that. The act of hearing God's word is not complete until there has been a response. Jesus said this a number of times. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's how we know you're walking in the truth. You keep his commandments. There must be a response. Jesus spoke about his own family and he said this. This is who, as my true family are, those who hear me and do the things that I say. So hearing God's word requires that you act on it. Years later, James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote those very familiar and powerful words that capture what Jesus was saying. It's in James 1.22. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Jesus was saying the same thing. Be real doers of his word, not just hearers alone. 
It requires something else. You've got to act on it. The Jewish people that Jesus preached, was preaching to were very familiar with the idea of hearing God's word. They would hear it in the Jewish home, in the Jewish education process, in the synagogue worship. The reading aloud publicly of the scripture was absolutely central. And they would read the scriptures constantly. And they grew up hearing God's word over and over and over again. But Jesus first, and later on James, confronted them with the fact that you can hear the word, but if you don't then do what it says, you are just deceiving yourselves. Oh, we know the truth when we hear it. We only believe the Bible. We'll not be led astray by false doctrine. But think about this. The truth ascended to by the intellect, but not incorporated into the heart and the will, not put into practice in our lives is of no effect. And if, if in fact it only serves to condemn us, because we know the truth and we fail to keep it. We're in sin. I grew up my whole life in church, and I thank God for Sunday school, or as we call it here, Christian ed. By the time I was a teenager, you could start any Bible story, and I could finish it for you. I've been taught to memorize Scripture, and I'm glad for that. That knowledge of Scripture is a guide and a light to me to this very day. I'll always be grateful for the legacy that was given. But until I put it into practice, living what I have learned, it profits me nothing. There will be lost people in hell for all of eternity who were very familiar with the scriptures, who knew much of the Bible. You know the devil himself can quote the Bible. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. See, here's the principle. Hearing God's truth is not complete until you have incorporated it into your daily life. In other words, you haven't really heard it until you're living it. And that's what Jesus is saying. In fact, James says that if we only hear the word of God and we don't act on it, we are actually in deception. Let me read it again. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. What do they say? Like if you do something seven times, it becomes a habit. Maybe I'll read this seven times. Imagine that you've heard the glorious truth that Jesus came down from heaven into the world to bring us to salvation. You've just listened to the word of God and you've you've come into deception. The worst kind of deception self-deception. And you're in a worse condition now, perhaps, than you were before you heard the truth. But how could that be? You see, we get into thinking that we're okay because we've heard the truth, because we've been to church, because we've heard a preacher, because we've memorized a creed or a catechism or something else like that. And we think, I'm okay. But listen to me. Knowing Jesus Christ in a vital relationship that is transforming us is not the same as merely knowing about Jesus. It's not the same as knowing creeds or formulas. We need to have Christ implanted in our hearts 
by the word of God springing up as we obey him and put his words into practice. That was Jesus' message. Take heed how you hear me. That's what he's saying. And notice the next thing Jesus said in verse 24. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And more will be added to you. Don't miss that. Jesus actually pivots here to bring another thing into focus. So far, it's all been about the light of Jesus. He's the lamp that hasn't come into the world just to be obscured, put under a basket or under a bed. He's the one ultimately that must be revealed completely before every eye in the universe. His truth will one day be undeniable. But now Jesus pivots to talk about us, his hearers, measuring out something and in context, what is that something? It's the truth that we've received from Jesus. With the same measure you use to meet out that or measure out that truth, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. So here's the point. As we hear the truth of Jesus and pursue him for understanding and put his words into practice in our lives, so we've really heard him and we're living it. And we begin serving up that truth to others and measuring it out. It overflows out of us. We begin reflecting the light of Jesus into the darkness around us. And the more we give out, the more we will continue to receive. And that brings us to my final thought. The more we shine, the brighter we will become. Mark 4.25 For whoever has, more will be given to him. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now that doesn't sound fair. If somebody already has a lot, God's going to give them even more? And if they don't have much, even what they have will be taken away. How is that fair? Well, it may not sound fair, but it's the way all of life is. You use it or you lose it. If you don't use what you have, you end up losing it, right? It's true on all kinds of levels. If you bind your arm up so you can't move it for as little as a couple of weeks... When you remove the binding, you find that you have temporarily lost the use of your arm. You have to work on it for a while to be able to use again. You lost it because of falling out of use. Well, if you don't use your brain to think things through, you lose the ability of any in-depth thinking. Just ask anyone who hasn't been in school for years and years And then later in life, they decide to sign up for a college course. And they go back and they realize, I haven't studied in a long time. And it feels like they can't use their brain anymore. And they have to retrain themselves. If you don't seize an opportunity that is given to you, you won't have that opportunity. You'll lose it. And what is true in the natural world is eminently true in the spiritual realm. Jesus says it here. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. 
But did you see it? Did you see the promise in there? The promise is, for whoever has, more will be given to him. This is an open invitation, church. If you will receive the truth of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, if you will prize all that you learn of him, and if you will shine him out to others and keep on pursuing him, you will find in the words of that old hymn by Annie Flint that his love has no limits, his grace has no measure, his power no boundary known unto man. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Just when I thought I had my heart so full of all I could ever take of the Lord, he gave again. I had more of him, and the more I seek him, the more I receive. The more I share him with others, the more he speaks to me. Keep on seeking him, and you will keep on receiving him, church. That is Jesus' words right here. Jesus is the light of the world. He's come and he has illuminated the lives of so many people. Right across this world today, there are millions upon millions of people whose lives have been transformed because they have found Jesus Christ. And so let your life light shine to those around you this coming week. And don't let anything obscure it. Let's pray. Lord, we come now this evening. And Father, we just ask that you would be at work in our hearts this evening. Lord, we need you. We need your light. We need your truth. We need all that you are in our lives. We need you to guide us this week. We need you to open our ears. Some of us have just let the Bible, let your word Just lay off to the side for too long. Help us as we pick it up to start grasping the truth that you are speaking in there. The little nuggets at first that become flames, become a fire. It becomes a light that we just shine and people see you in us. And so be at work, I pray, in each one of us. And Lord, as we go into worship now, may your name be glorified. May we just lift up praise unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And may you be glorified through it all, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.